Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and we're going to talk a little bit about sewing for your home first up uh, because, you know, we all have all this gorgeous fabric and there needs to be fun ways to use it besides quilts. And Erin Schlosser is here with me from Schlosser Designs, and she has a brand new book uh, that's out called Sew Home with Fabulous Things. So, Erin, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Now, one of the things we talked about um, sort of back and forth getting ready was that you were telling me that you really feel like you were like a natural born teacher, that that was sort of what you were like made to do. Uh, when did you when did you kind of realize that? You know, I don't I think it was kind of one of those things where it wasn't an aha moment, but it was just this process that all of a sudden I realized in high school, probably halfway through high school, that I had friends coming over and we were um, doing projects and they were like, hey, I want to learn how to make this project. So after school, we would go to the fabric store and then we would go over to my house and so, and then all of a sudden I realized that I loved kind of building confidence Mm -hmm. um, and teaching people those things that came relatively easily to me. And so it was just kind of probably in high school I really figured out, you know what, I really love doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really fun when you look back and you realize how far back it actually appeared, that kind of thing that you really like to do. Um, some people have to wait a long time to figure that out, Erin. You did it pretty quick. You're lucky. <laughs> well, well, I did it pretty quick, but there was definitely that um... – that moment where you know sometimes you try to fight it. I yeah. didn't go didn't go to school for that. I actually wanted to do neuroscience, um, but chemistry and I, in fact, don't get along too well. So <laughs> we had to pick a different program. <laughs> oh my goodness, that just cracks me up. Um, now you you will actually have a background. You you change to interior yeah. and graphic designs from you know neuroscience. That just yes. makes. Yes, that's how did that happen? That's like, (laughs) well, you know, I'm still fascinated by how the brain works (laughs) and I read up on it. But um, I just I've always had kind of a creative um, background. I remember um, having friends over during the summer, even in like late elementary school, early middle school. And we would go through the old design magazines and we would plan our houses (laughs) and I would color little decorations to hang in my room for Halloween. So I think it was definitely very early on, um, (laughs) that I started that creative process, um, and design process. And once I looked at that, I would say like, like, your your book really reflects that because you put in a lot of upfront things that really give people a sense of how to think about their designs. Um, what was was that a lot of fun to put together? Oh, it definitely was. Um, my big thing is the way that I learn um, best is not somebody just sitting and telling me, well, do this step and this step and this step, but kind of like the why behind it and the thinking behind it. And so that's where I did start my book. You know, the first two chapters are not projects at all, but we're just talking about 
basics of design and then talking more about home decor fabric. Like here's what works best and why for different situations to kind of give give readers the um, background behind why we're doing what we're doing. And then that gives them better um, focus on what fabrics to pick for the rest of the projects in their book. You know, I think that's a really good point, Erin, because I know like when I did garment sewing, you know, if you don't have the right fabric, the project is not going to turn out like you envision it. Um, what is one of the things for that you talk about in your book about maybe using fabric that's a little different than quilting cotton? Well, I do talk a lot about home decor fabric, and that itself is a whole nother ballgame just because the width is different. You know, if you're using mm. quilting fabric, we're used to 42, 44-inch wide fabric. Um, home decor fabric standard is about 56 inches, and depending on if you're using uh, like a sheer, it can mm-hmm. go all the way up to over 100 inches wide. So I talk about dealing with larger fabrics. Um, some people get scared because it's larger than what they're used to dealing with. Um, <laughs> but it's actually, you know, pretty easy. And most of the bigger projects where you're using lots of fabric are straight, simple piecing. So mm-hmm. as long as you know how to deal with it a little bit better. Uh, yeah, there you you have a lot of really great detail because you've got diagrams to show people, you know, you talk about the repeats because if you're doing something like curtains and you talk, you know, you have that a whole section on, you know, just mm-hmm. gorgeous and easy curtains, but you might want that to match up, right? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, it's funny. Sometimes I find myself looking through just kind of not home decor magazines, but just magazines that are, um, maybe a little more lower end and you kind of look at what they're trying to sell curtain wise and the patterns don't even line up. One of them six inches down from the rest of the <laughs> So yes, repeats definitely play a big part in getting like a high end um, design designer look. When you're so what is your favorite part in your book? Because it has, what is it like over 30 projects? So yeah. you have a lot, you put a lot in this, um, this book. What is, what is your favorite? Oh my gosh. That is I so know. Not, tough. <laughs> not fair. I know it's not fair. <laughs> um, you know what? My favorite section is probably either like the linens or the walls, floors and decor. Um, I mm. tend to go back and redo a lot of the projects in that based on the season because most of those projects are super fast Mm -hmm. um you know technique based the diy rug you can use any fabric and make a basically a waterproof rug with and so i've made lots of those um and then the linens like just being able to customize sheets that's a great beginner project and you just buy a solid sheet set from the store, and then you can actually use some of your favorite quilting weight cottons um, to kind of add a customized band. Um, and it's a really easy way to dress up a room that you're working on. I really like your section in in the book with um, the storage and organization items. You mm-hmm. have uh, added really neat details. Um, Tell me about the one that's kind of like a wall pocket thing. Oh, that is probably my favorite project in in that (laughs) entire chapter. Um, 
So that one, I just kind of thought about what I wanted in my own home office. What did I want room for? And then tried to include it. And my favorite little feature on there, which sometimes is a little hard to tell from just the picture in the book, um, but there's actually a magnetic strip sewn into there. So about a quarter of that board is magnetic. And you oh. can you can uh, put notes up on there with magnets, which is really fun. So... I like it. It's And you could probably make that to fit your space, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, the dimensions are definitely particular for that project, but you could probably, you could do it in different sections um, mm-hmm. because each piece is kind of divided up into four different sections. So yeah, you could totally customize it if you just wanted the um, the magnetic strip and then the pockets for folders or the mesh see-through pocket and the magnetic strip. Definitely, you could make that modular. So this, uh, Aaron's book is called So Home. Uh, so you guys have to look for it. I want to switch gears here um, before we wrap up. And tell me about zippers because you you had a confession. You were afraid of zippers, <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> yes, definitely. I was, well, because you hear from a lot of people that so oh, zippers are really hard. You know, zippers are tricky. And so I kind of let that thought process, like, stew in me for years. And I didn't actually put in a zipper, even though I was sewing in late elementary school. I didn't mm-hmm. put in a zipper until my early 20s. Okay. And um, my mom was there uh, visiting me for a visit. And I said, hey, can you walk me through this? Everybody says it's so hard. She's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. She walked me through how to put in a zipper. And then I was like, really? This is the this is how easy <laughs> it was to put in. And so I kind of, um, when I teach my classes, like beginning classes or kids summer camps every summer, they put in a zipper for their second or third project and they just get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no longer this fear of zippers. <laughs> One of my big things I try to instill in all my students. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's excellent. Do it early on, and then you're basically figured it out. You don't yeah, have to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You've done it before. You can do it again. You know, maybe you need yeah. a refresher, but it's not this unknown weighing on you. So. Yeah. so tell me about your teaching. We have about a minute and a half. Yeah, I uh, teach locally as well as all over the U.S. I've been to a lot of different states teaching, doing um, guild events and lectures. Um, And then I've got two other really great educators and designers, um, Danielle Wilkes and Latifa Safir. And we are actually teaching um, on a cruise ship next year. So that'll be a first for, I think, all of us. <laughs> <laughs> They're fun. They're fun to teach. Yes, on. and we are really, really excited about it. We put together some custom um, Caribbean-themed projects um, with different techniques. We'll be doing actually sewing and some more modern embroidery. So oh. it's going to be a blast. Now, where can people find information about um, having you come and and teach or about your cruise? I've got info on my own website, uh, schlosserdesigns.com, about teaching and uh, my sewing pattern lines as well as my book. And then the cruises can be found under cruisingcreative.com. And so that's where our cruise info is. 
<laughs> well, this has been so much fun. You've like made me think about. It. I need to make like a storage tote or something like tonight. You know, okay. it's like. <laughs> Yeah, do it and send me a picture. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, the pressure, the pressure. <laughs> oh, the, the picture of it. Erin, this has been so much fun. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Pat. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about different types of quilt shows that are out there and what they're really about. You know, how do you tell the difference? How do you know what you're going to? We'll be right back. Choose from more than 100 of your favorite patterns from American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilts and More, and Quilt Sampler, all available online. Buy downloadable patterns today at apqshop.com. Join the One Million Pillowcase Challenge in March for the Ultimate Pillowcase Competition. Gather a team and compete in one of two categories during the month of March to make pillowcases, earn points, and maybe be crowned the Ultimate Pillowcase Champion. The top three teams in each category will be awarded cash prizes. Even if you're not forming a team, you can watch all the action with weekly voting and daily prizes. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash pillowcase madness for more information. Quilt Along with us in 2017. Join our fourth annual Quilt Along by stitching a wall hanging, a throw, or a one-block table topper, or all three projects. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash quiltalong for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing. Share your photos on social media by using the hashtag APQQuiltalong to join the fun. Follow American Patchwork and Quilting on Pinterest. To find ideas for bags, baby projects, pillowcases, storage and organization, and more, visit Pinterest.com backslash APQ Magazine to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and we are going to talk quilt shows. Linda Tealfold and I, she is from the Quilted Goose, and Linda's been joining me uh, during the year so that we can spend a little longer talking about a subject and going through really um, in detail. So, Linda, you have um, not only uh, attended many quilt shows like I have, but you also teach at them. Um, where, where are you teaching next? Uh, my next uh, show will be at um, AQS Grand Rapids. I'm teaching uh, all week long there, and while some of my my classes are sold out, there's still some openings in a few of them. Oh, that's great. And are you doing machine quilting, or what are you teaching? Um, I have a variety of things I'm teaching. I do have a couple of machine quilting on domestic machines. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of fun project kind of classes, and... Um, then one project that's from my recent book on my way to Baltimore. Yay! So, yeah. I, so people, if you're if you're out at that show, you can go and find Linda and say hello, um, and take a take her class. Yeah, that's one of the great things that happens at a quilt show, right? I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, they don't all have classes, and that's why I thought Linda, you and I could sort of bounce back and forth, sort of going from 
sort of the smaller type quilt show because I think, and then up to maybe, you know, like the big mama quilt shows, you know, the ones that have everything from prizes to classes to demos. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think the local, your local guilds shows are kind of the heart of quilt making. They're the place where you, people show their quilt. There's not competition. Um, You know, in, in most of them, Um, what does your guild do? Our guild has a show every other year, and um, I'm pretty proud of the fact that our guild is a pretty experienced guild, and the quality of the show is just incredible. The quilts that people put together are just amazing, and and the one thing that I love about guild shows is it's local, it's your friends, you can bring your family, and there's nothing quite like seeing something you've made hanging in a show, especially if you stand off to the side and someone is just admiring it and ooing and aahing over it or taking a photo. That just feeds my creative soul whenever I see that happen. Do you have um, uh, classes at your particular guilds? Um, no, they don't. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that um, some guilds offer like little um, kind of on-the-spot workshop kind of things, mm-hmm. like demos. Um, I know those are pretty popular around the country. Um, I know that um, there are some shows that will bring in a celebrity, if you will, that will judge the show and then offer one or two classes. I know that has taken place, and that can be kind of fun. Um, but every guild does it a little differently. They do, and you know, and it's worth going. Some of the best things I've ever seen are some of the tiniest little shows where the quilt, the quilters who are part of that guild made spectacular pieces, and you got to see them in this nice, cozy, smallish environment. Um, you know, my guild is kind of large, uh, so there's like 12 chapters that actually work together. And ours is a non-juried show, which so so you do get that huge variety of quilts. And mm-hmm. we do we do also though have classes, but not very many. They're just a couple. Yeah. Um, so what is kind of common. Yeah, yeah, so and there might be demos. That those are always a lot of fun. You know, you get sort of that next level of show. Um, I might, I might kind of do like a mid-level show because there might be an organizer who runs. It's a business, and that they only do one show a year. Um, so you from? Do you go to one any of those that are yeah, like those, your favorite? Those are what I would refer to as like maybe a regional show. They're they're okay. going to draw from you know surrounding states. They're a little bit smaller, bigger than a guild show certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, they often have a, quite a nice variety of vendors. Not mm-hmm. probably as many as you would expect to see at a national show. But one thing that I have seen at a lot of those level shows is oftentimes they will get in a exhibit, a traveling exhibit of a collection of quilts or maybe one person's work. And um, those can be really fun to go see because you get to see something that's a little different. It's not part of the judged or juried or, you know, competition quilts. But sometimes there may be a theme or a challenge or something, and, and those can be just a lot of fun and a great learning experience. That's a good point because I was just thinking of the Quilt Odyssey in Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is I put kind of in this category. Mm-hmm. And she always has an exhibit from, of antique quilts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and boy, talk about a treasure trove of, of ideas and information. I mean, you know, nothing is ever new, really. <laughs> but I love looking back and, and seeing what 
has been created in generations past, especially given the fact that they don't have all the cool tools that we do, you know, and no Internet to look up a pattern or a design. You know, that just amazes me, actually, when I look at some of the work. It's just incredible. Yeah, I know. I can't even imagine quilting without the Internet anymore. It's like, what? You have to go, like, thumb through the books? I could check first online and then go to my book. That's like... Well, I don't know if this is true for you, but I know it's true for me. I actually started quilting before the rotary cutter was invented. Oh. So let that sink in for just a minute. <laughs> I know. Well, I was lucky. It had been invented, but I had to learn to do everything by hand because that was the only way you could learn to quilt in my area. So it didn't matter. I had to cut with scissors, even though I had to buy a rotary cutter. It's like... <laughs> So there are a couple that take um, sort of that size show and and go like a little bigger. Um, And I think of those like as the – let's talk about the machine quilting shows, Linda, because you have a much more experience there than I do. I've never been to those, but they're specialized. They're a bit bigger and specialized. Yeah, and that's actually where I got my start teaching nationally was um, at machine quilting shows. Um, In those early days, um, you really, most regular quilt shows were focused on piecing, applique, construction, you know, those kinds of things. There were very few offerings for actual machine quilting. And then, of course, the long arm hit the market and um in a big way and um long arm classes started being offered and mid arm and sit down long arm classes and um those shows focused primarily on that aspect of the quilting process maybe a smattering of other you know um classes thrown in dyeing piecing that sort of thing but not certainly the focus that you'd have at a regular quilt show the other thing that's interesting about that type of show is the juried and judging process. Um, mm. They're more, they've been historically, that's I think it's changing a little bit, but historically more heavily weighted on the actual machine quilting in the quilt show as opposed to, you know, the other aspects of what goes into a quilt, which is different than some of the other shows across the country. Uh, you know, that I think that that is the, the part that really intrigues me because everybody there is pretty much selected for the quilting part to get all the layers together than necessarily the design part or, you know, you know, do they, when they're doing the categories for that, is it by complexity or how do they do their categories? Well, much of the much of the same thing happens at that kind of a show as happens at a regular show. You know, you have traditional, you have applique, you have art, um, but then there's usually some additional categories that focus specifically on the quilting. Um, Mm -hmm. The other aspect of it, as I mentioned earlier, is they're more heavily weighted in the judging process, too. So you you could make an aesthetically just gorgeous quilt, and if your technical side of it regarding the quilting is not really that great, you might not win. You might Mm -hmm. take that same quilt to, say, another show that doesn't weigh as heavily on the machine quilting aspect and win a blue ribbon. So Mm -hmm. it's a totally different animal competing and and, um, entering that kind of a show. But um, it's interesting what's happened in the industry is that traditional shows have started to offer more machine quilting, and Mm -hmm. machine quilting shows have started to offer, you know, a broader range, certainly still keeping the focus on the machine skills, um, but they were offering more you know, 
coordinating classes that go along with the whole process of making a quilt and and I think that's good for everybody you know and and the mm-hmm. the thing that um I love about going to big shows especially you know across the country is that each show has its own little flavor you know this particular show might be a little more traditional this quilt show might focus more on art this one's more modern and um I'm always looking for inspiration and I think those those nuances that are inherent in different quilt shows across the country offer completely different um, types of inspiration that uh, you can glean when going. And, and the other cool thing about shows is who doesn't like to have a fun day? I mean, really. I know. <laughs> Shopping. Shopping in right. quilts. What could be better? Exactly. The, we have about two minutes, and I just want to touch base on the really big shows, which are generally the organizers run multiple ones, like you're going to the AQS where they do several across the country, including mm-hmm. Paducah, mm-hmm. and like Quilts, Inc., which does at least two, sometimes three a year. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see as the biggest difference in that national show level to that sort of regional show? Well, I think the competition to actually – you know, have a quilt in the show is just that much higher. I mean, mm-hmm. I've often said for years that, you know, getting into Paducah is like winning a ribbon at another show. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think that's reality. Um, the other mm-hmm. thing I think is kind of cool is that you get a, a a little bit higher level, more experienced level of um, instructors, I think, as well. You know, people that have certainly, you know, a, a very long, wide, deep resume as far as quilting is concerned, and, and I think that's kind of cool. Um, but, you know, the one thing we haven't talked about is entering shows, and I would oh. encourage anyone listening, if they've never done it, to just jump in because it will make you a better quilter. Yeah, and it's a fun experience. It's fun to share your quilt, and if you if you go in with an open mind... Um, that's the key. You know, yes. <laughs> don't you know don't be too crazy you know don't make yourself crazy just try it have fun with it um you know linda this has been uh fun to be able to share and explain these different levels of shows to everybody again where you're going to be aqs grand rapids in august yay yeah they can go out to the aqs website and i'll put a link also linda awesome thank you so much So we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk fabric placement. Uh, See you in a minute. Boost your sewing skills from start to finish with daily tips from the editors of American Patchwork and Quilting. Visit tips.allpeoplequilt.com for inspiration. This quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Three-ring binders are the perfect storage method for fabric panels. Simply fold each panel into a page protector and insert into the binder. They're easy to view and keep the panels easily accessible. Get two full years of American Patchwork and Quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. Every issue is packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, complete materials lists, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com. 
Take an ultimate shop hop tour of 11 top quilt shops. You'll find them all in the current issue of Quilt Sampler. Available now at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. We're going to spend the second half of the show talking fabric, fabric placement, and specifically talking about fussy cutting, which um, I am excited to have Kim Needswicky here. She's back. Uh, she writes at Go Go Kim, my Go Go Life. So, Kim, how are you? Hi, Pat. Thanks for having me back on the show. I'm doing great other than the thunderstorms, but I, I know, I know. I wrote the station. <laughs> I wrote the station and I said, oh, we have this great thunderstorm. I didn't have a chance to write you. You know, we're like unplug everything. Then it blew over. So we're here. We made it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> we can sew again soon. <laughs> I know. So, so when I wrote you, Kim, and said, can you come on and, and work with me and talk with me through a bunch of fabricy kind of stuff because you are a lover of all kinds of fabric it seems to be the you know oh, I don't even know it's just what we what we do but you do it at a certain level that I I find fun and exciting and right now fussy cutting is like you're like obsessed with it you know that <laughs> I have been for years. I kind of refer to myself as a thrill sewing extraordinaire. I will try anything once, and I love it or I hate it, but at least I know I've tried. And so in that way, I like to encourage other people to try it too. And with fussy cutting, um, it all started with the Viewmaster quilt, the Viewmaster Reel quilt, and they were teeny tiny. So the tiniest I have been is about a quarter of an inch finished, <laughs> which oh my is goodness. super, it's very, very small, but it can be done, and anyone can do it. It's super easy, and it can be done with a variety of different fabrics as well. You can use any fabric to fussy cut. Um, All right, so let's let's back up one second and just explain that term because I, there's a lot of people when they first start quilt making, we all speak in jargon, and they have. <laughs> I know you were in the military. You know what that's like. That's like. Yes. <laughs> so people are like, "What does that mean? Fussy? Does it mean like fiddly? Does it mean like you don't like it? No, fussy is good." <laughs> <laughs> fussy kids, fussy cuts, they're all, no. Um, actually, yeah. fussy cuts, you know, to me, uh, different people may have different ways of explaining it. It just means that it's small or large, but it's a particular piece. So the fussy part to me is that one piece. So that one piece can be a quarter of an inch or it can be a half an inch or two and a half inches or bigger. I mean, uh, some of the large-scale prints, you can have a six-and-a-half-inch fussy cut, and it looks fabulous because there are some larger print fabrics that that um, that can accommodate that. But for me, I like, I'm small. I like really, really small. <laughs> so <laughs> the smaller, the better. I I like the challenge. Um, yeah. But it's okay, really so- nice. So let I'm me sorry. tell you that, let me tell you this story, Kim. I don't even know if I told <laughs> ever told you this story. <laughs> but there there was um you know cuz f- when you fussy cut it doesn't you know we're going to talk about this small stuff because I think that that's what like a lot of people do. but sometimes you have a bigger piece that is directional. Mhm. 
And and in a sense, I consider that also fussy cutting because if it's directional, I want to get everything going the right way. When you know where I want it. And so here's my nightmare. Think twall. And for the <laughs> okay, for those of you who don't know what twall is, twall is it's usually image based. It has scenery. It could be just flowers, but it's sort of like two tone like etching. But Kim, I was gonna I found this twall and I was gonna do a project for the magazine. And I decide it would be on point. <laughs> so think directional image. And, and I look at it, this fabric, and if I put it on, you know, just cut it regular, like the little kids, there was like a scenery, there were some kids, they would all be like sideways. Like, <laughs> and bias cut. And bias cut. Okay, so there's yes. where the nightmare came. The nightmare <laughs> came because I didn't know about starch. I... <laughs> So I was like, cut this stuff up, you know, properly so that the kids were all straight up and the buildings and the trees were straight up. You know, nobody was sideways. But then I didn't know how to get it into the quilt without stretching. Mm, that's yeah, frightening. So, yes, it is. It is. Because I didn't know about starch. And you know what I did? This is what the worst part. <laughs> you can, you won't even get, you know, like there's like twill tape, like that little like sewing, like little, yes. it looks like ribbon. So, well, I edged all the sides of all the blocks <laughs> for this big king, king size quilt. Please tell me you have a photo of this. <laughs> it's on my mother-in-law's bed. I gave her the quilt eventually. Does so she I don't love have it? To, she loves it. Yes. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's right. all, that's why we do what we do. It's all that matters if it's loved. You know, starch, starch is my best friend. Yeah. I go through it like air. <laughs> I do. So, I use it on everything. So, are you literally starching stuff, um, like for all your your placements, so that you so it doesn't move around? For my fussy cuts, yes, I do because and just a little spritz. And I use the cheapo stuff. I go to Costco and get the Niagara. I don't buy anything expensive. There's really not a whole lot of other than my sewing machine and my fabrics. Everything else in my sewing room is really low budget. <laughs> it's the way I can keep my fabric habit going. Um, but I just use the cheap starch and just little spritzes because that way you're guaranteed um, or semi-guaranteed. There are no guarantees in sewing. Mm -hmm. You're semi-guaranteed that your fussy cut will stay put. I also use um, a stiletto when, using, when sewing the smaller pieces. It's like an extra finger, and it helps you keep straight while you're going under the presser foot. Which is really, really helpful. And so That's slow. That's a good tip. And so slow. There's no reason to speed through it when you're, because most of the time I'm using out-of-print fabrics. I have mm -hmm. a ton of out-of-print fabrics, and I love them dearly. And so fussy cuts to me are a commitment. They're like a tattoo. You yeah. really, really, <laughs> it has to <laughs> mean a lot for me to cut into my out-of-print um, fabrics. And so I don't want to mess up. And so I take all the steps necessary, you know, the, the spray starch just a little bit. Um, I also, when I'm making fussy cuts, I use really inexpensive parchment paper to make my templates. And the reason is because the, the plastic is a little more expensive 
but the other reason is I can do it more than once. So if I mess up the first time, I can do it again. <laughs> Miss um, Frugal. You're Miss Frugal. That's I a- am Miss Frugal. <laughs> I'm horribly frugal. But it, it benefits a lot of people because I also share all of these tips everywhere. I will make little yeah. videos for Instagram, and I typically post them to Twitter and to my Facebook page, to my blog. So these tips are free and everywhere to help encourage people to try these things because it's a lot of fun. And once you start, you're going to want to fussy cut everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I'm gonna we want to go through a couple different specific things because I am going to put some okay. links that you gave me to a couple of your tutorials that are out at your website. So I'll put those on my website. Um, but let's talk first about how do you – collect these you know like images we're talking about it would be like pictures of little kids you've got like ladybugs you've got um you know what what you know even just like unique flowers oh there's a pig i'm looking at your side there's a pig (laughs) there's ruler fabric i mean oh the ruler fabric is fabulous it's a japanese linen it's beautiful it's absolutely but if you don't have actually first Go into your own stash because there are fussy cuts everywhere. I mean, they are literally in every fabric that you have. It's crazy how many there are. People look at fussy cuts and they think, oh, it's something large or it's something super small. There's a lot of in-between as well. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a large stash, ask people. People are (laughs) willing to share their fussy cuts. It's amazing. And fussy cuts can come from what people consider to be ugly fabric, too. Mm. They're everywhere. Don't overlook. And also, look in other fabric types. I had the most wonderful mushrooms that I found in an anthropology shirt that I found in a thrift store (laughs) bin. (laughs) And I made, um, what was it? It was either a splendid sampler or a hundred the Tula Pink 100 Modern Blocks mm-hmm, block mm-hmm. out of this, and it was stunning. Now, mm-hmm. for different fabrics, you may need to use interfacing, but don't overlo- overlook other fabrics mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can find them anywhere. I even used knits for some last year, too, although they're not <laughs> my preference. <laughs> well, I'm waiting for one of Greg, my husband's shirts, to um, become available because it has... <laughs> It has these cute little pineapples on it, and it's black. It's a white shirt with black etched pineapples, and uh, so that's going to be mine. I think you could you could probably help that along. (laughs) I probably could. We'll see. (laughs) He has one with little maps on it. The same kind of thing. It's a cream background with these black sort of pencil drawing or you know ink drawing looking maps. That's another one that needs to be helped along. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, I'll send you a piece when I finish helping it become Thank you. Ours. (laughs) Ours, yeah. I like that. Ours. See, ask your friends. It's amazing what your friends will be able to part with. And, you know, also swaps. A lot of times, well, when Flickr was a thing, it was much more popular. But look Mm -hmm. around on the Internet. Some um, designers and some groups are forming for different sorts of swaps, like the Polaroid swap was one recently. And then you you get a large variety of fussy cuts. And, you know, it doesn't take a lot. If you're only doing one or two blocks, 
You don't mm-hmm. need a ton of fabric, which is really helpful. Um, but for me, my fussy cuts are all very personal to me. I usually have a story attached to each and every one. Um, you have a I story attached to everything. <laughs> you, you... I kind of do, don't I? <laughs> you do. You're the queen of stories. <laughs> That's funny. But I do. I When I'm making my blocks, and I have literally hundreds in my sewing room right now. It's kind of sad. But each of them has a story or a meaning to me. And so they're really more like many quilts than quilt blocks. Mm -hmm. So when I finally do put all of these together, it's going to be part of my life story, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that part. I really like that part because you, you know, when you share things, you're always telling us, you know, what that fabric is, if it meant something. Um, We're going to take a break here in about a minute, but before we do, just um, tell me about, like, how big a piece do you save? Oh, gosh, that's hard. It depends upon the fabric. Mm -hmm. It really does. I mean, you know, if I can get a fussy cut out of it, I even if the rest of it is all messed up, I will keep it. I'm horrible. <laughs> I was a hoarder, but I didn't. I'm horrible. <laughs> so do you keep those? Where do you keep the little tiny pieces then? So you don't lose track of them, or you um, just lose track of them and then you. I lose track of them and refine them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a process. A, it's a treasure chest in my sewing room. I tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh! So how many? How many blocks? How many single blocks do you have? Do you know? Have you counted? You no, know, I don't. I, I've lost count. I think I have probably close to 400. Yeah. No, I'm not surprised. And those are the ones I know about. I right. still have projects all over my sewing room that I've forgotten about because I'm also doing economy blocks and mm-hmm. the book, the Tall Tale, um, Kate Basti, the Tall Tale quilt blocks um, that are even more meaningful to me. <clears throat> but um i have it's frightening a how lot. many i have yeah have <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna put one of the links i put up you can see kim standing there with a big stack of blocks like and it's <laughs> big so i mean cause she's uh, one of our splendid you're one of our splendid sampler designers so you have those yeah. in progress um yeah okay yeah so kim we're gonna take a break okay and then when we come back i want to talk about let's talk about clothes clothes first okay Okay, great, Pat. Looking for fresh, simple, and fun projects and ideas? Check out the current issue of Quilts and More magazine at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Join American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at facebook.com backslash APQ magazine. This quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. An empty toilet paper roll makes it easy to store prepared binding. When you're ready to use, simply slip the roll onto the cone thread holder on your sewing machine to unroll your binding easily. See what other quilters are up to on the American Patchwork and Quilting page on Facebook. Simply go to Facebook.com and search for APQ Magazine. Let's tape them together. Okay. Yeah. 
Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and Kim Needswicky of gogokim.com is here. So, Kim, I lied. I want to, not before we talk about clothing, tell me, <laughs> describe, you <laughs> change my mind, change my mind. Uh, describe uh, how to place the, fa- you know, how to figure out placement on tiny pieces, because you do so much with tiny pieces, you have a lot of great tips, which I'm going to link to, but walk me through one of the the best ways to do that, to center what you want. Well, to center what you want, um, depending on the block, I mean, because there's so many, I know one of the, the photo that you used um, in the promo shot, I mean, that was an angled one. And it was uh, also paper piece. So, you know, you just have to, again, go back to the parchment paper because then you can make an easy template, and that will tell you exactly what you need to know. You could also use freezer paper, honestly, because then not only can you just place it over uh, the fussy cut that interests you, you can also use an iron and, and adhere it to the fabric with the shiny side down, and then that way you can cut around that, and then you know for sure it's going to be 100% perfect. Yeah, so like like for an example, with with an image that you, you want in the center, you do one of your tutorials where you show like gridding, like I guess it would be right. like the freeze, freezer paper, so you can place it right in the middle of the image. Exactly. So you find um, the center that you want, say it's, you know, like the economy block, thing you do and I always add extra because sometimes when you're doing a fussy cut you think you want something when you're looking at it and then you play with it after so instead of having just a quarter inch outside of the fussy cut I always do a half an inch outside Uh of each of each side because then I have some playroom it's always better to cut too big than too small because if you cut too small all bets are off and you've ruined that piece of fabric and your fussy cut. Yeah. And if it's the only piece you have, then you'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. no crying. I, I, yeah, there's no crying in sewing until you have to get Jack the seam ripper out. <laughs> yes. Dating Jack. Not so good. That's like a... <laughs> so when, what is one of your favorite pieces? Let's say, let's do it this way. What is one of the favorite type blocks that you've worked with lately to put little images in? I would have to say the economy blocks are really fun mm-hmm. because they're incredibly simple. They're super fast. Tutor, you know, the, the link for the pattern is free. And, you know, it's a great way to not only learn how to fussy cut easily, because there are not a lot of pieces to it, it's also a great way to learn how to paper piece because mm. it is so simple. Mm-hmm. It's really, really simple. And you can do a lot of different varieties um, of blocks, too. I've been using the Fussy Cuts and then Liberty of London on the, the frames, and mm-hmm. they're gorgeous. I've been inspired yeah. by um, Persimmon Dreams, Kim, she mm-hmm. uses the craziest fabrics you would never imagine together, and I was always kind of a safe sewer, and now I'm not. I, I love being <laughs> just so free and <laughs> throw 
it together, it'll work. And it usually does. <laughs> it does. It just totally does. Um, you have some of that on one of the links I'll put. You have uh, Lib- Liberty of London fabric. Um, and they're generally florals. Are you fi- Do some of them have images? Yes, like, you know, they non-floral? do. Yeah, oh, okay. they do. And they're beautiful. All Liberty is artwork. All on its mm-hmm. own. I mean, the quality of fabric is exquisite. The artwork is amazing. And they do have some, I know my favorite piece is actually two birds, and the background is very dark, but the, the blues in the birds really pop. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I've, I've always been completely enamored by Liberty of London fabrics. They're beautiful. <laughs> All right, so everybody has to go hunting for that now since Kim's talking about it. But But. sewing with Liberty is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. It's It's, not, it's, what is, is it 100% cotton? It is, and it's, uh, it's, it's um, lawn. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really wispy and thin, Mm -hmm. and um, it's, Definitely needs starch. <laughs> if you're not if you're not used to it, and um, especially bias cut for the um, economy blocks, and I did a tutorial on that somewhere. I did a video tutorial of how it looks before and after you starch it. But um, mm. when you get it, you'll just go, "Oh my gosh!" If you've never seen it before, but it's really light and airy, and um, you have to be very careful also because the colors are so saturated that the back and the front look almost exact. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I'm sure I have a piece of it somewhere, but I don't have much of it. Um, does it come on 45 width, 40 width, bigger? What I've, is it? I've never had anything larger than a fat quarter because it's so <laughs> expensive. <laughs> yeah. I so I, was, I can. I it's I, larger on the bolt, but I'm not sure. I, I think it is too. I think it is larger because um. It's, I think it's more meant for um, garment sewing. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I don't think this is my opinion only that it was meant for quilting, but I'm using it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at one of your other blocks on the link you gave me with the little carrots. Oh my goodness, they're so cute, the little carrots. Okay, oh, carrots are adorable. Let's, let's talk now about you. You sew with clothing, um, but it doesn't like look like what other people might you know, like assume sewing with clothing is, I mean, you're doing uh, basically a really skinny strip courthouse steps. Is that kind of the base of the block you're working in now? Oh, yes. The upcycled clothing. Yes, I am. I'm doing, it's actually, I made a log cabin quilt for um, my youngest son a couple of years ago and he's upgrading to the bigger room. And so he's going to have a twin bed. I'm not a matchy-matchy person at all. I don't like matchy-matchy. So I decided to make him a brother quilt. And Mm -hmm. so um, the brother quilt is going to have a lot of the same fabrics that the original quilt did with some added, and it's going to be courthouse steps. So it'll Mm -hmm. still be log cabin related. It'll still have the same feel, but it'll be a totally different quilt. But, Mm -hmm. yes, all the... All the fabrics I'm using are what I call thrifted, gifted, and found (laughs) (laughs) textiles, which means I either found them at the thrift store in the bins, somebody gave them to me, which people have, and they're lovely, and I thank them, 
Um, or I dig into my own closets or the kids' closets to see what I can find. So <laughs> I'll <laughs> tell like to watch out if you come over, when you come over no, next time. I had to pry his shirt out of his hands last week. I'm like, I need this. <laughs> oh, Greg, Greg will understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what? You probably said, just take it, take it. You can have it. That's like... So when what is your best type of clothing to cut up where you get the most out of it, or do you really not care if you can't if a lot of it's not usable? No, I'm pretty. Um, if it's beautiful enough, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, little bits of beauty are better than a whole lot of things I don't like. Um, so I do tend to look more towards men's dress shirts because the quality of cotton is higher in a lot mm-hmm. of those. Um, but it's the different textures and the different weaves. I mean, in the quilt that I'm working on now, it has corduroy, it has linen, it has 100% cotton, like really fine Ralph Lauren cotton. It has um, some very thin cotton. I also use um, cotton blends, I don't mind, and rayon. Um, Mm. I tend not to go to the jerseys because they're just a pain. I have mm-hmm. used them before. I don't really like them because you have to use interfacing, so that's time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, but with all the different textures of just those fabrics and all the different colors, I mean, it's just it's it's an amazing variety. And there's a depth to garment quilts and upcycled quilts that you just don't have with straight quilters' cotton. Right. I mean, it is. They. I just like the the sort of slubbiness sometimes of a, mm-hmm. of, of a shirt or that's a technical word. That's slubbiness. a technical sewing term. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like linen. For those of you who are like thinking Pat's insane at the moment. If you think linen, it has like, it could, it's not perfectly flat and the weaves no. a little bit bigger might have these little bumps. Those right. are the slubby things. <laughs> and they're beautiful. I mean, and when yeah. you look at it, it just, it provides, you know, eye candy. It really does. But with linen, again, starch it. Yeah. <laughs> starch it hard. Yeah. <laughs> because when you're using one and a half inch strips, that stuff goes everywhere. It goes crazy. And I'm no. I'm not huge on pinning, so <laughs> I would I would rather just starch it. Even when you're doing small pieces, you're still not. Are you doing a lot of foundation for the small pieces? No. Oh, it's all piecing. Okay. Just not no <laughs> pins. Okay. No it's pins. Like, and, and, and everybody should look at Kim's work because it's extraordinary. It's very meticulous. You know, oh, nothing sloppy you, in Kim's work. So, uh, all right. But so I tell me have... a tip on starch because for those of us who might not have, you know, like done it as long as others of you who have. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, honestly, Pat, I haven't been doing that long. I've been doing it for about two years. I started using it when I made my big red quilt, which was my first upcycled garment quilt, and it was massive. It's like 90 by 90, and it's all, I mean, it's everything. I, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what kind of fabric it is, but I, I did start using starch then because I was piecing so many blocks. They were six-inch blocks. I think there was 168 of them, 169, something like that. Um, I'm not a math person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I married the engineer. Uh, 
So with those, because I didn't want to have to pin, I started using starch just on a whim. And ever since then, it has just been the way to go. Because I do like precision, but I also like somewhat of speed. I like to have things done. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for me, it just, you know, made sense. So are you letting the the material soak and then dry on its own and then pressing it? Oh, no, I it? just spray starch it. Okay. Just, when I do it, <laughs> spray all over there. I go crazy with the spray. <laughs> But most cottons, I don't feel the need. Mm-hmm. Most are, are pretty hefty on their own. Anything less than, you know, I don't know. I mean, linen and really light gauzes, definitely. Uh, but most broadcloth, you don't have to. Denim, no, you mm-hmm. don't have to. Um, I'm using denim in this quilt also. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's hefty. <laughs> yeah, right. It's firm, so you don't need to worry it's about firm. it. It's firm. So the lighter, yeah. you know, the lighter cottons and the linens or the rayons or, I mean, I even have a, a pure poly shirt down there that I'm starching just because it wiggles too much, mm-hmm. but I don't want to use interfacing. And it works. It's and amazing. It works. it works. Kim, this has been so fun. Are we done already? <laughs> we are. Man, I have so much more to say. Well, we'll have to have you come back. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pat. Thank you. You have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. This is American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. Um, this is brought to you by Moda Fabrics. And uh, be sure you check out the Moda Bake Shop and find out all the new things that are going on. Visit All People Quilt at Facebook because there's super fun stuff. And visit me at Facebook at Quilt Along with Pat Sloan. And see you next week. Remember to visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from to show, as well as how-to videos, free printable patterns, and additional tips and techniques. Thanks for listening.